Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another 15-minute devotional. It's an online video and podcast series for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, and for listeners to Melvin Gaines's Faith Channel. Thanks so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. As always, this program encourages viewers and listeners to get into God's Word and stay in His Word with consistency as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today's reading is going to cover the two-year Bible plan reading for Wednesday, November the 1st, 2023. I mentioned the two-year Bible plan because our church encourages the two-year Bible plan, allowing for the reader to cover the entire Bible over a two-year period. Our devotional will present the passages for today and make some verbal notes about the content as we go. But when you follow the two-year Bible reading plan, it normally covers a 7 to 10 minute period of time each day reading the passages that are listed followed by using the last 5 to 8 minutes of your time for reflection on the readings and prayer and meditation uh, that routine takes about 15 minutes a day and that's why we refer to this program as the 15 minute devotional uh, we encourage everybody to involve to follow the pattern each day if you're really just getting started with the word and learning how to get more involved in reading the Bible. The two-year Bible plan is a great way to do just that. Um, and, of course, as you get more acclimated with this, you can read more than 10 minutes a day. But if you have time constraints, if you're looking to follow a schedule and keep it and not have any problems with falling behind the 15-minute devotional time that you spend in the Word with the two-year Bible plan will be very beneficial for you to accomplish the goals you're setting for yourself. You can get downloadable copies of the two-year Bible reading plan from our website, akronalliance.org, by selecting the Links tab and looking for a two-year Bible reading plan. Today's verses that we're going to cover are in for November 1st, 2023, are 2 Samuel uh, chapter 19, verses 11 to 40, John chapter 21, verses 15 to 25, Psalm 119, verses 160 to 168, and Proverbs 26, verses 24 through 26. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and get started, as we always should do before we get into the Word with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to sit now quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Spirit. Lord, may the words that are being used not be my necessarily my words, but your words in interpretation and relaying the information based upon what we've read. And I thank you, Lord, for your presence in all of this. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 2 Samuel chapter 19. We're going to look at 2 Samuel 19, and we're going to cover the verses 11 through 40. Now, for those of you who have been following this program and also following the two-year Bible plan, you'll know that this is a period of time in David's life where there's a lot that's been taking place. And this particular section we're going to be reading is, frankly, the aftermath of the rebellion that took place with uh, David's son Absalom and his subsequent death that took place as well, too. And so this is a period of time where David is now being restored after he had essentially fled from capture, and he's being restored now to be the king of Israel. Um, and you'll see some interactions with the people who were involved uh, prior to this, 
And let's be very clear about something, too, as we read this as well. Um, This is really God's grace involved here in that um, David had set himself up for disaster, where basically the Lord was told him through the prophet Nathan that the sword's never going to leave your house. You're always going to be in conflict. There's always going to be difficulty. You're going to have embarrassment, suffer embarrassment because of what you did um, with Bathsheba uh, and having Uriah, her former husband, killed. And so these are part of the consequences that are taking place. But this is a moment of restoration for David. This is where I'm sure he's very grateful that he is able to go back to be the king of Israel. But now we're having the encounter that's going to take place here. So let's read the passage, 2 Samuel 19, verses 11 to 40. I read from the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your version. Then King David sent Zadok and Abiathar the priest to say to the elders of Judah, Why are you the last ones to welcome back the king into his palace? For I have heard that all Israel is ready. Verse 12, you are my relatives, my own tribe, my own flesh and blood. So why are you the last ones to welcome back the king? And David told them to tell Amasa, since you are my own flesh and blood, like Joab, may God strike me and even kill me if I do not appoint you as commander of my army in his place. Then Amasa convinced all the men of Judah And they responded unanimously. They sent word to the king, return to us and bring back all who are with you. Verse 15. So the king started back to Jerusalem. And when he arrived at the Jordan River, the people of Judah came to Gilgal to meet him and escort him across the river. Verse 16. Shimei, Shimei, son of Gera, the man from Behurim in Benjamin, hurried across with the men of Judah to welcome King David. A thousand other men from the tribe of Benjamin were with him, including Ziba, the chief servant of the house of Saul, and Ziba's 15 sons and 20 servants. They rushed down to the Jordan to meet the king. They crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king's household across the river, helping him in every way they could. As the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him, My lord, the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. Verse 20, I know how much I sinned. That is why I have come here today, the very first person in all Israel, to greet my lord, the king. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said Shimei should die, for he cursed the lord's anointed king. Verse 22, who asked your opinion, you sons of Zariah? David exclaimed, why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day for execution, for today I am once again the king of Israel. Then turning to Shimei, David vowed, your life will be spared. Now Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson, came down from Jerusalem to meet the king. He had not cared for his feet, trimmed his beard, or washed his clothes since the day the king left Jerusalem. Why didn't you come with me, Mephibosheth? The king asked him. Mephibosheth replied, My lord the king, my servant Ziba, deceived me. I told him, Saddle my donkey so I can go with the king, for as you know, I am crippled. Verse 27, Ziba has slandered me by saying that I refuse to come. But I know that my lord the king is like an angel of God. So do what you think is best. 
All my relatives and I could expect only death from you, my Lord, but instead you have honored me by allowing me to eat at your own table. What more can I ask? You've said enough, David replied. I've decided that you and Ziba will divide your land equally between you. Verse 30, give him all of it, Mephibosheth said. I am content just to have you safely back again, my lord, the king. Barzillai of Gilead had come down from Rogalim to escort the king across the Jordan. He was very old, 80 years of age, and very wealthy. He was the one who had provided food for the king during his stay in Mahanaim. Come across with me and live in Jerusalem, the king said to Barzillai. I will take care of you there. No, he replied, I am far too old to go with the king of Jerusalem. I am 80 years old today, and I no longer can enjoy anything. Food and wine are no longer tasty, and I cannot hear the singers as they sing. I would only be a burden to my lord, the king. Just to go across the Jordan River with the king is all the honor I need. Then let me return again to die in my own town where my father and mother are buried. But here is your servant, my son, Kinham. Let Kimham, let him go with my lord, the king, and receive whatever you want to give him. Good, the king agreed. Kimham will go with me, and I will help him in a way you would like, and I will do for you anything you want. Verse 39, so all the people crossed the Jordan with the king. After David had blessed Barzillai and kissed him, Barzillai returned to his own home. Then the king crossed over to Gilgal, taking Kimham with him. All the troops of Judah and half the troops of Israel escorted the king on his way. Okay, that is the passage, 2 Samuel 19, verses 11 through 40. And typically when we read in the Old Testament, there are usually longer passages than the others that are provided on the two-year Bible plan. And that's fine, but that helps you to cover the entire Bible over a two-year period. And that still works out where you're getting a good chunk of information here. And we have quite a bit of that. In this particular passage, you're seeing... Frankly, God's grace being extended to David and David also having a heart of forgiveness and excusing past behaviors. Um, and, and so essentially what, what he's trying to do now, because the kingdom has been restored to him, he is going back and dealing with all those enemies of his, especially when you get to verse 16. Shimei, if you recall, he was the one that cursed out David and was saying very bad things against him and throwing rocks at him at the time when David was uh, trying to escape from being captured by those who were on Absalom's side. And yet here Shimei is coming back now and is the first one to greet David and asking for forgiveness. And here's the thing that I guess is a lesson for all of us uh, as believers in Jesus Christ. We need to make sure that we have hearts of forgiveness when someone does us wrong. We we are not to hold grudges. We're not to in any way have, you know, well, this person um, did this to me and I'll forgive him. But, you know, no, you give complete forgiveness uh, to these individuals. Now, is this something that's easy to do? No, because uh, honestly, it requires the Holy Spirit to give us the wisdom and knowledge. When someone does something really wrong to you, especially, you're going to feel that. It's going to hurt. It's going to be very uncomfortable. You're not going to like it. But what the Spirit does for you is that Spirit will show you grace. It will show you the importance of, frankly, how you needed to be forgiven for the things that you have done um, against God. And he's showing you now the grace that you can extend to others as well, too, 
and forgive them for what they do. That's what Jesus did to the very people who were nailing him to the cross. He asked them, asked his father to forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know that they were uh, killing the, the Messiah. They didn't know that they were doing any of those things. We have to have hearts of forgiveness. I like what uh, David also said to Mephibosheth about uh, what was taking place, where Mephibosheth revealed that Ziba had basically um, slandered him, had said some things about him that weren't true. And But Mephibosheth is what? Grateful just to be in the presence of David, does not care about the land that he's supposed to have or anything like that, because he rightly said and referred to the fact that because he was one of Saul's in the lineage of Saul, uh, David um, is very, very kind of cruel and, br- and bitter back then, but he had the right to eliminate and destroy anybody who was a rival. And he chose, of course, not to do that. He chose to honor the oath that he made with Jonathan about taking care of the lineage of his family. And that was Mephibosheth. And so that's what has to happen. And the interaction that David had with Barzillai, the king of, uh, the king of Gilead, and um, he was talking about how old he was. And, 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 and Barzillai is talking about the very things that sometimes we, when we become 80 years old, things that we have to deal with. I can't taste food the way I used to. I can't enjoy the wine I'm drinking. I can't hear uh, the singers when they're singing. He's talking about being old, too old. He didn't want to be a burden. But please take him, him, his son, and let him go with you and do whatever you want to do as far as having him serve in your kingdom. And so Jesus was, uh, pardon me, Jesus, David was gracious enough to frankly live in such a manner the way we're seeing how Jesus wants us to live. He wants to he wants us to be charitable. He wants to be helpful. He wants to be respectful to others as well, too, with their wishes, not insisting on doing something they don't want to do. So there are some good lessons here about how we are to interact with others. And I think that, um, like I said, this is a moment for David when he returned to exile, that it was a moment of triumph in the midst of a lot of tragedy, frankly. Uh, the fact that he was being overthrown as king by his own son, the, the, all the things that were taking place. So David learned some lessons here in the consequences, but he knew still how to be gracious and forgive others. There's a lot more that you can put into that, and I'll leave that up to you as you do your own studies. We encourage people to go back and look at the the readings that we've done and then uh, do their own research and look into some commentaries. and, and, And that's how you really learn about what Jesus is speaking to us about through Scripture, what he wants to teach us about who he is and why we should live in such a manner where we're honoring him no matter what we're doing. Forgiveness is a key. Having a short memory about things like this is a very important thing to do. Let's go to John chapter 21. Let's look at verses 15 through 25. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. You'll notice that these are the last passages in the book of John. And you'll notice how important this section is. So we're going to read it. There's so much that goes on here, but let's take a look at it, shall we, together? John chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. Let's start at verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. 
Verse 17, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Verse 19, Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Verse 20, Peter turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved, the one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Verse 22, Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So the rumor spread among the community of believers that this disciple wouldn't die. But that isn't what Jesus said at all. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This disciple is the one who testifies to the event, these events and has recorded them here. And we know that his account of these things is accurate. Verse 25, Jesus also did many other things if they were all written down. I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Beautiful passage, John chapter 21, verses 15 through 25. So what is taking place here in this passage that we're referring to? Jesus is having his interaction with Peter. As you recall, Peter was the one who notably was told by Jesus when Peter replied, I would die, I will die for you, Lord, when, you know, the time comes and and. Peter was told by Jesus, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And so now we have the interaction between uh, Jesus and Peter. Peter is obviously grieved. Remember that he wept bitterly when he was reminded by Jesus of the great fall that he had because he denied him. And understand something about this. Remember, Peter was being elevated by Jesus to be the foundation of the church. This name Peter comes from Petros being the rock. Um, and that's where, because his real name is Simon. It was Simon Peter is the way he was referred to in scripture. And, and understand something that he's referring to Simon here in this passage, not named Peter. He's using Simon, his real name, because we have to understand that that Petros, that rock thing, has to be something that is restored to him because he denied Jesus three times. Remember, he was given and elevated to a certain place where he would be the foundation of the church, but because of the betrayal, because he denied who Jesus was, that was sort of stripped away. Is about the best way I can describe it. So now, because Jesus is speaking to him three times and asking those questions about, do you love me? Do you know, you know I love you? Uh, talking to Peter. Uh, he is basically asking a question three times because according to whatever we have as far as information goes, three times he denied Jesus, so therefore three times Jesus is restoring him uh, to his position. And then it goes on to verse 18 uh, where it talks about, frankly, there's going to come a place in time where, of course, you could do whatever you want to do when you're younger, but when you're older, you're not going to be able to go where you want to go. 
you're going to um, stretch out your hands, which means he's going to die on the cross, uh, die on his own cross. Uh, whether it's upside down or right side up is not really material. But the point is, is that he was being he was going to be captured. He was going to be jailed and essentially he was going to be executed. Um, and Jesus was giving him that information so that he would know how he would glorify the father, uh, according to verse 19. And then Peter starts asking about the disciple who Jesus loved. Now, John, in his way of writing, is always writing in the third person about himself. He's not referring to himself by name, but he is referring to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved and the one who was communicating with Jesus as well, too. Uh, he refers to himself in that same person when he's referring to what was happening in the upper room uh, when Judas was about to betray uh, Jesus. And understand that this is just a point of clarification more than anything else in Scripture, that it wasn't about this disciple being living forever. It was about more about the fact that he was quoting exactly what Jesus was saying and it was being misquoted. And so he was trying to set the record straight on that. But I love how John ends because it, it's really pointed that John is making it very clear that what he's saying is accurate. The information he's provided is frankly is coming from the leanings of the spirit to what to record, what to write down. And verse 25, which is something that tells you that we have just enough information about Jesus Christ to know how he lived. But there was so much more that it was not captured in writing. And if it was, we would have endless numbers of books about the goodness of Jesus Christ. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I think that's exactly the case. When we talk about the goodness of our Lord and Savior and what he has done... And and all and the aftermath of the, the people that he encountered when he was on earth and how the the word, uh, his truth spread like wildfire and how positively impacted it has been for many, many people um, throughout history. We need to make sure that we're understanding that this Jesus that we serve is well worth our time to get to know him and get to know how we are indeed to. Remain faithful to him, honor him, um, hold fast, stand firm in your faith, put on the full armor of God, resist the temptations of the devil, stand with him uh, because he is well worth your time and effort as you uh, gain for every moment that you spend with him. In addition to, of course, when you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. These things are all important. The love that Jesus is referring to here is the agape love, not just the filial love or the, the love like friendship or anything like that. We're talking about agape love, the love that he is, Peter is being receiving from Jesus. That's the kind of love that Jesus wants Peter to exhibit as well, too, when he goes forth in ministry. Now that he has been restored by Jesus, he wants that information to be conveyed to others as well, too. And, of course... When the Spirit comes and also resides with the disciples that was promised uh, by Jesus when he eventually would ascend, uh, he would have that ability and that power to be able to preach firmly, preach, preach boldly, and speak where he truly would die for Jesus. It wouldn't be just idle talk like it was before. It would be truthful talk. So that's the thing that we want to see here in this passage. I hope you got something out of that because there was so much to get 
into that, but I wanted to make sure I remembered what I had seen before and, and just try to share that with you as best I could. But I'm just very thankful for the opportunity to look at God's Word and go over it and go over it every once again and recognize that sometimes when you look at Scripture uh, a second, third, or fourth time, you may even get more out of it than you did when you read it the first time. So just keep that in mind. That's the Spirit speaking through you and to you about what you need to take from the readings that you do. Let's go to Psalm 119 and let's look at verse 160. And we're going to read verses 160 to 168. Psalm 119, verses 160, and we're going to look at verse 168. And this is near the end of Psalm 119. Psalm 119 has 176 verses. We're on the back end of that. But everything that we're going to be reading today has a very similar uh, statement uh, as far as reinforcement. When you see things repeated in Scripture, it often is a matter of just reinforcing what the emphasis on what God is trying to say to you about it. Let's start with verse 160. The very essence of your words is truth, referring to God's word. All your regulations will stand forever. Then verse 161. Powerful people harass me without cause, but my heart trembles only at your word. I rejoice in your word like one who discovers a great treasure. I hate and abhor all falsehood. But I love your instructions. I will praise you seven times a day just because all your regulations are just. Verse 165. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. I long for your rescue, Lord, so I have obeyed your commands. I have obeyed your laws, for I love them very much. Yes, I obey your commandments and laws because you know everything I do. Amen. I love that passage. That passage is giving you a very clear indicator on how important it is for you as you develop in your faith in Jesus Christ that you are in the word on a regular basis, daily, of course, doing your readings. And not only not reading it just because it's an assignment, like it's an assignment in college or high school or whatever, whatever the school is, right? You're doing it because you love the Lord. You want to learn more about him, learn more from him, and you do that because you recognize how good the word has been for you, it, and you treasure, you treasure the word and treasure being exposed to it because that is God's direct communication to you, to us. He's speaking to us through his word. You have in your very hands of the Bible the very word that God wants you to understand about who you are and who he is and what that means in a, a very active and vibrant and healthy relationship. When trouble comes, you love the Lord's word, you obey his commands, and you know by doing that, there's something comes with that. It comes up with what comes with it, protection. It comes mercy, grace, all the things that we want to experience when we have uh, exposure to things that are happening in the world today. And we love those instructions because they provide peace. I love that passage, 165, Psalm 119, 165. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. You can't stumble if you're in God's word and if you're being obedient to it. And we, there are times when we need to be rescued by the Lord. There are times when people are making accusations against us. We don't understand what they are, but we always go back to God and his goodness. 
because we choose to be obedient to his word and his commands. And so I, I pray that you get that out of this because the theme here is loving God's word and being obedient to his commands and living according to his commands. And there's a benefit in doing so. It helps you to keep your foot from stumbling. It helps you to keep you, yourself moving on the right path. It helps you to keep focused on the importance of this relationship that you have with God through Jesus Christ. And so the key element here is being in God's word, staying in God's word, as we said at the top of this episode, and making sure that you are growing in, this, in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior. One more passage, Proverbs chapter 26. Well, just Proverbs 26. I keep calling it chapter. It's not really a chapter. It's a section. Proverbs 26, verses 24 through 26. Some old habits are hard to break. I'm going to try to break those habits, though, because we want to be accurate in what we're referring to. Proverbs 26, verses 24 through 26. This is an interesting passage, too, because we we want to make sure that we recognize that. Um, I was having a conversation with my lovely bride last night, and sometimes we have to make sure that we are praying for discernment from the very people that we for the very people that we interface with. Um, because not everybody that we interface with has good intentions. Let's read the passage and, and let's see what it says. Proverbs 26, verse 24. People may cover their hatred with pleasant words, but they're deceiving you. They pretend to be kind, but don't believe them. Their hearts are full of many evils. While their hatred may be concealed by trickery, their wrongdoing will be exposed in public. That's an interesting thing that we're looking at here but um the commentary that i'm looking at um it talks about how people just seem to have uh, hearts of hatred and wickedness and they're deceitful and at the end of the day we sometimes have to interact with people like this and sometimes you know not everybody's going to like you that's a reality for for all of us to understand too not everybody's going to like you and this isn't even so much having to do with believers and non-believers it has to do with all kinds of different people, whether they're believers or not. But and, and sometimes they just don't have the best of intentions. And sometimes they'll say they know the Lord. But sometimes the actions don't necessarily justify that. So that's why I said at the beginning of this that you're going to want to pray for discernment. Some people have the gift of discernment that God gives to them through the Spirit. And they may not even necessarily have to pray for it, but they just have this sense, right? That you're around people who don't have your good intentions at, in heart, at heart. But you're still going to have to sometimes interface with people like that. So you need to be wary of that because at the end of the day, they're not getting away with anything. Their wrongdoing may be exposed in public, like it says in the scripture here in verse 26 of Proverbs 26. But by using discernment, guess what that does? Sometimes it, it, it puts your guard up in such a way where you're protecting yourself. You're trusting the Lord to handle any situation like that and be aware of those things so that you don't get in too deep with some people. And I think that that's a, you're always going to love others. You're not going to slander anyone else. They may slander you, but you don't respond in kind. But at the end of the day, you're going to make sure that you protect yourself, protect yourself when it comes down to making sure that you are indeed prayed up Focus on what the Lord would have you to do in any given situation when you're dealing with people uh, of a questionable ilk. 
and making sure that you're indeed trusting what the results will be and answering in the prayers answered by those situations as well too. God certainly will support you. He loves you. He wants to take care of you. He desires to take care of you. And just like what we read in the passage before in Psalm 119 about the importance of being in the word, whenever you're going through difficulty, the first place we need to run is right here and get into the word and make sure that we're reading and studying what God has to say to us. Amen. Thanks. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that you've set for us to listen to you and study your word and hear you speak to us through the power of the spirit. Lord, we thank you for this time that we spend in the word. May we develop good habits as far as getting into the word ourselves, where we do so on a regular basis. And Lord, we thank you for your teaching and we thank you for your grace. Lord, we cannot maintain a relationship with you without the power of the Spirit helping to guide us and lead us in that direction. And we thank you for all that you're doing and teaching in our lives. Help us to take what we learn here and apply it everywhere, in our workplaces, in our homes, um, and even at church, in our interaction with other individuals. We thank you, give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We appreciate you being here for today's 15-minute devotional. God bless you and take care of yourselves. Uh, Make sure that you always uh, get in contact with Akron Alliance Fellowship Church through our website, akronalliance.org. We also encourage you to uh, go to our Facebook page, Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, to follow us for content live on Sunday mornings. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.